This is Tech Unmuted, the podcast of modern collaboration, where we tell the stories of how collaboration tools enable businesses to be more efficient and connected with your hosts, George Shanestein and Santi Cuellar. Welcome to Tech Unmuted. Welcome to the latest episode of Tech Unmuted. Today, we're going to talk about building a responsible AI framework. And responsible AI can mean different things to different people, right? So we need to, uh, it might be helpful to kind of like just list out, right, some of the things that you want to look at as, let's call them principles, I guess, right? Let's just talk about some principles to responsible AI. Um, but I'd be interested to see what this list, look, list looks like. And it is going to become, I think, a standard practice for companies to actually have a legal entity or legal document that specifically outlines responsible AI. I could see that happening real soon. So you see a lot of words on the screen, a uh, bunch of different categories. Oh, day. yeah. Privacy, transparency, accessible, et cetera. So we're going to walk through a couple of slides with some definitions on these. There's 10 of these that are on the page that we've identified that we're actually using as a, a framework internally to start to build out uh, our own AI approach policies, et cetera. Uh, but these will be a good guide for folks to start to figure out what they want to do from an AI, AI standpoint. Yeah, I can't wait to peel back on, on these individually. I got to tell you, there's there's a difference between putting together, I guess, a guide or guidelines for responsible AI and actually putting that guideline to practice. And I think that's the two major hurdles that companies are gonna face, right? One is what should this guide look like, this responsible AI guide? And then two, how do we make it so that we can put it into practice and it's not just some document that sits somewhere that nobody pays mind to. So I'd be interested to see in, uh, in the near future how companies start to adopt guidelines because I think that's going to be a big one. But yeah, let's let's peel this back. I like this. I like I like where we're going here. And I agree. It's a, a great point, right? This is these need to be a living document. A lot of times you create policies and procedures in organizations yeah. for a really long period of time, right? This yeah. this is changing so rapidly. You've got to be willing to change with it. Uh, this is the first page, so we're going to do five a page. But the the key thing, and it's the the subtitle on both of these pages, which is our perspective is you want to foster innovation while managing risk, right? 100%. There is a, there still continues to be a tremendous risk in the marketplace of groups of people who are trying to shut down AI initiatives yeah. or limit the AI initiatives. And uh, we think that just really damages the potential for innovation if that's what happens, or it puts the power within a few companies. Uh, who fall under some government regulation or something else, right? So uh, let's start with the first one and we'll both sort of chime in and comment. So, and and think of these in a couple of ways. Some of these might be foundational. Mm -hmm. They might be an overall approach that uh, underpins your entire set of AI guidelines. Others are elements of those guidelines and we'll yeah. leave it to everybody to sort of figure out where it fits for them. We do have a final slide. You'll see some uh, visuals. You're not going to walk through any of them, but 
uh, just shows the wide diversity of how people have approached uh, framing this out for their own organizations. Uh, so the first one on this is privacy, right? Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Uh, people have rights, you know, uh, from privacy standpoint, and it sort of almost ties with the second one, which is transparency. You need to understand what what level of data and what information on you is being used, both input and how it's being taken out of the AI systems. But you got to yeah. be transparent across what that is. 100%. So, and they do tie to each other. You're right. Privacy and transparency are kind of related, even though they're separate items, but they kind of, they're intertwined. The transparency piece really stands out for me because not only are you, are, can, are you supposed to be transparent with how the AI produce the outcome, but the AI has to be able to be transparent in its own explanation as to how it came up with the outcome. And so um, transparency is key and it has to be based on trust, right? It's got to, yep. you have to trust that what you're, what, what you're presenting as transparency is truly transparency, right? Um, so, and privacy, of course, yeah, nobody wants their data being misused. That's a, that's a, that's, that's important across anything that has to do with the internet period, right? So that's that's good. And but yeah, at minimum, right, understanding where it's used, who has access to it, right? How it's used. The regulations in the U.S. around healthcare yes. uh, and how your information is used there. We have Financial regulations data. in California that are different around some of the privacy stuff. We certainly have much more onerous privacy regulations in Europe uh, than, we, than we see in the U.S. in yeah. most cases. So uh, that's important. The next one on the list is continuous learning and improvement. So mm -hmm. the what this the piece I look at with this most is the system needs to continue to improve. It needs to understand uh, where it's made mistakes, where there might be a bias in its response, and some kind of input and some kind of oversight. And again, some of these tie together, right? There's there needs to be some level of human control as well. Uh, so they be a yeah. check and a balance as to what's happening. Yeah, and you know AI systems have different modes of learning, right? And so there's there's some modes of learning where the AI does it on its own. There is some modes of learning where it is an assisted learning. That's where also part of the human control comes in. So we we are feeding or we're teaching the AI certain things. Um, and and then there's other there's other things. You know you have different modules. You have machine language uh, uh machine learning sorry uh you have you have uh, uh large language models which are conversational in nature and the more you feed them the better they get so um however at the end of the day i agree the ai can learn all it's want all it wants but we humans need to control not just the learning aspect but the ar's ai as a whole right so ultimately yeah. ultimately we should be held accountable right and I think that's one of the principles to what comes out of the AI and that comes out of the human control aspect too. So, and we've talked about this on previous podcasts, the, there is a strong human element and yeah, to a very great extent, if, if not completely in today's world, these are tools. These are not a complete job. Generally, Correct. they're an element of a job. They it's not a creature a for a knowledge worker, right? There, yeah. there's be other AI automations in restaurants and other things, some of which are in place already. But when we think about it from a knowledge worker standpoint, 
this is a tool that needs to be managed. There needs to be human oversight. There needs to be some logical assessment of, did I get to the outcome I expected to get get to in that individual instance? Uh, and th we'll see some other ones on the next page that sort of tie back to this a little bit to give some guide rails on safety yeah. and other things. Uh, so let's, uh, let's go to the final one on this list, which is intellectual, intellectual property. And there's, yeah. I see two sides to this. There's the element of what was ingested in the first place mm -hmm. into the AI tool to create its, effectively its data set and who owns what comes out of it. And there are some elements where certain things can't be patented or copyrighted if they've come from AI generated sources. What uh, thoughts on that element of it? I, I really think that this particular uh, element, the intellectual property piece is still being explored. <laughs> And I think I think it's going to continue to evolve and change. I I, and I think it's going to happen for a while because there's so much complexity yep. to things like copyright, trademarks. Uh, you know who owns it. Um, if I if I create a document using AI like a ChatGPT, uh, can you consider that my document? <laughs> right. I mean. Yep. It's it, so there's so much, so many dimensions to the intellectual property piece. I mean, they all have different dimensions and they all have evolutions and stages they're going to go through. But this one in particular, I think is going to be a complicated one. And I, I, I'm curious to see over the next, you know, couple of years, um, how it evolves and where we land. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's too, I think it's too early to, to, to put a, put your finger on it just yet because it's too many moving parts. Um, but it's going to be very dynamic, I think, for the next couple of years on that particular point. Yeah. And this goes back to the earlier comment we made, right? This this is an evolving yeah. at the moment, right? And you, over time, you're going to have to, you'll you, there'll be fewer changes two years from now than there will be. Sure. Months, of right? course. It'll, it'll settle down a little bit. There's also this broader framework of, and we had a separate discussion around regulations a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Organizations really need to tend towards a common set of guidelines or at least elements of guidelines to get ahead of regulation and make sure they're doing the right things and building the right framework. And I realize there's some government initiatives in place where folks are being yeah. pulled in. But what concerns me there the most is that they some of those businesses are self-serving. They create they are. <laughs> level of, of fear in people that yes. eventually benefits them and closes them off and gives them yeah. access or different access than somebody else. So that can never happen, George. Well, uh, hopefully not. But <laughs> we know it could. Right. Uh, so this is the second set of five. So we'll walk through them in a similar way. Uh, yeah. Fairness. Oh, so yeah. some elements tie back to what we had covered in the previous slide, but it's around uh, avoiding bi bias, really making sure that the systems are set up in a way that they don't produce an outcome that is somehow skewed by the input that set them up. Mm -hmm. So uh, it could be by an industry or a region, there could be uh, a gender element. There's all kinds of things in there that sort of could go wrong and get narrowly focused. 
There's also the ability, and we've seen this with ChatGPT, people can get ChatGPT to do things that might not have been initially expected and would be viewed as a sort of a negative outcome, right? Because they yeah. kind of on a path, but. Yeah, so on the fairness piece, um, you would think it'd be straightforward to just kind of, but if you look at something like a ChatGPT or MidJourney in its early stages, if you ask for, let's say, uh, make me a, a picture, an image of something, a lot of times it will default to a specific gender or a specific race. Yep. And 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 I know I know some of us we caught that early on and said, hey, why are we getting four or five images that are very specific in gender and race? Right. Um, it's gotten much better. Yep. I see. I, I see now that when you when you give instructions, it takes fairness into account, and you're getting outputs that are more diversified. So that's that's it's getting better. But fairness is important. You know why fairness is important? Because if you want true adoption of AI, it has to be fair. Yep. Why why would I use a tool that doesn't align or that I can't connect or relate to, right? I mean, that's the bottom line. It's like anything else. So yes, fairness is is to me is more important than anything for adoption. Uh, so uh, it's getting better. It's gonna yep. it's gonna it, they'll get there. I think this is one that they can tackle on pretty quickly. And these these next couple are uh, equally important. Yeah, right? and yeah. in some cases maybe even more important. The, this next one maybe is the most important, right? Uh, which yeah. is accountability. Who sure. who is accountable for the outcome? Right. Yeah. What if you create a fully virtualized AI based financial advisor and it takes my retirement account and invests it in, you know, some cryptocurrency and I lose all my money in three days? Yeah. Who's accountable for that outcome? Right. And have they met the appropriate fiduciary requirements that an investment advisor would have? Uh, and there's multiple other iterations of this, you know. Do you allow medical diagnosis to be 100% made through AI and then who's accountable for that outcome? And if we allow a uh, an, an out, like a hold harmless approach to, to AI, I think that's going to be, that's going to be, a, that's going to be terrible because we're this is such a powerful technology and there's so much intelligence behind the response and the outputs you're getting that there has to be accountability. You can't have an out for something like this. I really think that because if you do, then folks are just going to hide behind that. Oh, you signed a hold harmless. So the fact that your uh, bank account is not wiped out, it's not my problem. That 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 ain't going to work in this scenario. I think we we absolutely yeah. have to hold the uh, the developers and the human factor accountable to the output for sure. The, the next one, reliability, really uh, is near and dear to my heart, as you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that, we've that seen, and that sort of ties to accountability, right? It does. We, we've it does. seen in the bots we've developed uh, using the Microsoft 365 platform, there are choices we make in it. And yeah. we can choose, there's three levels of filtering effectively from, it is 100% based on what it's grounded in. Grounding right. meaning the set of data that it's, that it's right. looking at through the third level where it has the ability to sort of make things up. And yeah. even though it's grounded in a really narrow set, we've seen it start to make things up. And that was a choice 
and testing we made to test different things, but you as the human element of this have that choice. You need to be accountable for that outcome. You made the choice. You set it loose on the world, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And as we know, AI hallucination is a real thing. It really is. It yeah. really does. It really does. It can, if, if it's not reliable, it will make stuff up. That's not true. And so that's uh, that to me, that's a big one because it has to be reliable. Everything in technology has to be reliable or else it doesn't make sense to use. Right. So yep. that's a good, it's a good principle. So the next one is safety, right? It ties back to some of the comments we made already. Do you yeah. allow an AI based tool 100% to make a medical diagnosis? Mm. And does that create a level of risk? And I think clearly the answer is no uh, yeah. at this point. Maybe there's a, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it has <laughs> so much more data that it would be better than yeah. the human at doing that, right? But today, that's not the case. Think about multiple layers of, uh, do I have an MRI done and the MRI is initially read by an AI-based agent that then yeah. goes to a doctor, the doctor then also reviews the MRI and then comes up with a diagnosis based on data. But this goes back to the to the the approach, right? Your guidelines, your policies, your procedures. My preferred method, and I'm not a doctor, right? But my right, preferred right, right. method would be independently, the doctor reviews my MRI, the AI reviews the MRI, then the doctor reviews the AI-based read of the MRI, not the reverse. Because if they read the AI-based review first, that may change the way they look at it. And I would prefer two independent views of it, right? That then the human is the final decision maker in that. So, case. so in, in, in that scenario, you're talking about using AI and that in the, in the context of that scenario, using AI as a validation tool versus an automation tool. So in other words, I do the work, but then I have the AI double check and see if there's something I missed. Correct. And then I, yeah, that I, I think that's phenomenal, right? And see, and that's where I think the application, specific applications are going to differ and change in, in, in the use of AI, right? It's going to, I agree with that. I mean, the doctors should be doing what the doctors do best, right? Yeah. Um, but using the AI to kind of double checks and, and give you some validation in that context, that makes perfect sense to me. And that would fall under, that's a safety net. So that would be, a safety principle, right? That you would you yeah. put into your, your guidelines. Okay. And the final piece is around accessibility, right? And we've alluded to some of this already. If a group or a small group of people's or companies or whatever control the development of AI and the use of AI, uh, that is not going to get us to the level of innovation that we want to be at, right? Yeah. And other countries, and we mentioned this in a again, in a previous podcast around regulations, if the U.S. tightly controls it and other countries do not, as an example, those other countries have the opportunity to advance more quickly, right? Mm -hmm. They will innovate more quickly. They will have different levels of access, right? Understanding there needs to be some boundaries on certain levels of access and what things are used for, right? You still could get nefarious outcomes and bad actors. That's that. always going to happen. Yeah, that's always going to happen. But I think I think accessible also is about the culture. We go back to fairness. 
if as a company you're going to roll out AI, yeah. you got to make those tools available to everybody. You can't you can't just say AI is going to be used by this department or by this these set of folks um, because honestly it's not fair. Yeah. Right. And and I think I think it should be absolutely accessible to and so that's from a from a company standpoint. From a social standpoint, these new technologies should always be available to folks, no matter what class you're in. Yeah. And and so I think I think the future of AI is this is a tool and and a technology that's gonna be for the masses, not yep. for the few. Totally so right. yeah, hundred percent. And we've seen and you need to be uh you need to be careful about how you approach things, right? Do you want to release all the tools on everybody at the same time? The answer is probably no. The approach we've taken mm -hmm. is you and I in particular started testing some things. We've added mm -hmm. other folks into the fold. As mm -hmm. we're starting to develop the guidelines, we have an understanding of what's out there and where there are potentially risks, right? So we'll build the guidelines around that framework right. of an understanding of the tools. But we're not sitting on these tools for a year or two to try to figure this out. No, we this in real time. Like we've, no. you ran effectively classes with our team, right? To we got to we got more training fully. coming. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let me flip to this final slide. Right. We are not going to individually cover anything on this. This is a screenshot from Bing. Uh, wow. So I went so, to Bing and searched for like AI framework or something course. like that. And, this and is then I went had. to images, right, to see what the images were. Because we had, we had thought at the, you know, when we were planning out this podcast, we had thought that we need to provide a visual framework. You know, and we debated if we did what's foundational. So from an image standpoint, maybe the foundational stuff is on the bottom of the image. And then the other things are building blocks on top of it. And we had quite a debate about what belonged in each category and then decided we're not at a place to present a frame a visual framework at least right we understand those 10 elements we just went through uh but you can see from what's on the screen and i realize some folks are on uh the audio only portion of this but uh there are guessing 15 of them on the screen something like that uh they're all different they're all different things there's circles yeah. and squares and diagrams yeah. with arrows and not only that we 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 called out 10 individual potential principles for building a responsible AI guideline. Some of these have just four of them. Some of them have yep. five. And, and in other words, there is no standard. And I think that's the message here is that everybody's looking at responsible AI a little bit differently. But at the very core of each one of these, as you go across the screen, there's at least the principle of fairness accountability, reliability, and privacy that you can kind of see across, right? You can, no matter who you look at, they have some sense of that. Um, but yeah, there is no set standard. I think there will be at some point. I think, you yeah. know, it's like, any, it's like anything else. Somebody's going to come up with that right uh, balance and everybody's going to adopt it as the official. And there might be, there might even be a certification or something that a company goes yep. through to, to show that they're being responsible. That's going to happen at some point, but yeah, there, there is no set uh, framework. And I, I think, and uh, I clearly, think the visuals. Clearly drivers by industry, right? Like of course, healthcare needs to get ahead of this healthcare of needs course. to get a 
yeah. group of healthcare providers together and come up with a framework that addresses the 10 things we identified and probably many more things or subcategories of those, right? That yeah, of course. Uh, everybody agrees to, there's a level of transparency. You you know, and, and, and I probably read it once a long time ago, some HIPAA privacy thing that I've signed. I weren't necessarily going to read all of it, but yeah. if there is a simple, straightforward framework to understand yeah. what what AI-driven data is coming back to them, what advice was based on sure. AI, how much of their data is being used for other things, all those kind of things, right? Sure. Uh, at least having a high-level understanding of that would be helpful. And that's a case where a simple, straightforward framework that's patient-facing probably makes a lot of sense. Maybe the framework that the companies use to develop is more complicated, but. Yeah, listen, this is revolutionary. This is new. We are watching these things unfold before our eyes. Let's yeah. face it. And so, well, this uh, brings our episode to an end. Uh, as always, please remember to subscribe to Tech Unmuted on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube. But until next time, remember this, stay connected. Take care. Visit fusionconnect.com slash tech unmuted for show notes and more episodes. Thanks for listening.